This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Well, we've got an exciting program for you today. Let's start with some questions. Does the enemy have a claim on you? Do you feel like your life is stuck in a vicious cycle? Have you been praying and praying for healing that just has not manifested? Are you bound to an addiction that you feel like you just cannot overcome? Are you or your family members caught in a generational pattern of sin and suffering? Well, our guest today has the answer, and that is great news. He says that you may need a cleansing of your bloodline. Now, you might be asking, what does that mean? Well, we're going to find out right now. Please welcome on the phone, all the way from Germany, Hervoya Servina. Hello, Hervoya. Hello. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be at your show. <laughs> Hervoya, we're going to be talking today about redeeming your bloodline. But first, I-, I want everybody to know a little bit about you. I know that you were raised Catholic. You loved God even since you were a child and even wanted to be a priest at one time. But at the age of 19, you had a personal supernatural encounter with God. Let's start there. Tell us about that. That's right. You know, I grew in a Roman Catholic household. Actually, I'm Croatian, but live in Germany. And I always loved God. I always had questions about God, you know, and it's become, when I get older, I said, you know, I would like to become a priest because that's how I knew you could serve the Lord. So when I was 19, actually, you know, I would say I wasn't like a nominal Christian. I wasn't like a Bible-believing Christian. But when I was 19, my my sister, she asked me to come to a, to a meeting, like a charismatic meeting. So I said, I'll come. And when I, get, when I got there and the meeting started, you know, I call it that God from the from His omnipresence, He just pushed me into His personal presence, and ever since my life has been changed, and I was I'm serving the Lord. So that was actually really a supernatural experience yes. for me, where really God touched my heart, and yeah, ever since I'm serving the Lord. Yes, and now I know that you know you you served the Lord, you gave everything to Him, but but you still were very very honest with us and said that you you still continued to struggle some with sin and some habits that you'd had before, and you cried out to God and and what was the answer for you? You know, yeah, the, like the first couple of months, I it was excited with God. You know, I you know I just wanted God and the, the experience I had that was just amazing for me, but. After two, three, or maybe four months, you know, I, you know, I started to struggle with sin and old habits again, and I really cried out to God because I didn't know, you know, what the solution is. So actually, it was in a dream. Where in a dream, I was in a like in a sports arena, and there was a arm wrestling show going on, and uh, there was a huge giant there who was beating everybody in arm wrestling. And because nobody wanted to, uh, you know, actually uh, fight against him. And yes. So he was pointing to me and asked me to come forward. And I was scared. And, <laughs> no, that, that's going to be a mess. Yeah. But actually, when I came to the front and, you know, and uh, the referee said, go, 
I closed my eyes and I thought, you know, it's just going to be a second and I'm going to be out of here. But actually, he couldn't beat me. So I thought, that's my chance. But actually, I couldn't beat him too. But in that moment, I said, Holy Spirit, help me. And I beat him. So people were excited. The crowd was excited. People were, you know, just celebrating me. But I was like, I said, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. It was his fault. He he made me win. <laughs> That's when I woke up and I knew my my solution is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Days later, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, just, you know, the Holy Spirit helped me to to fight and win against sin and uh, bad habits I had issues with. Yes. And I know, you know, people talk about salvation. You you become a new man, a new man in the Lord, of course. But that was huge for you. Uh, tell us about some of the things that happened right after you were saved and filled with the Spirit. What were some of the things that happened in your life? You know, uh, actually, when I got saved and filled with the Spirit, I immediately experienced supernatural healing. Actually, I had like herniated discs and because I wanted to become a, a professional soccer player, but my career was over, you know, after this injury. And when I got saved, really, like a couple of weeks later, I I got healed by that. And so, and ever since, I we were witnessing and seeing just um, the supernatural power of God, seeing people healed, seeing people people delivered even in our families, in our surroundings, neighborhoods. So it's very exciting to see that, just just to see that God is really real. Yes. Well, that still, still I'm in awe just to think about that, how real and personal God is. Amen. Yeah, me too. Um, you know what? We send out what we call a questionnaire to all of our guests that are going to be here with us and with Sid so that we can find out a little bit more about them. And one of the questions is, have you ever seen anyone raised from the dead? So, Hervoya, when we get an answer back that says yes, we like, oh, wow. So we really pay attention to that. And I know that you've actually seen three people raised from the dead. Tell us about the man in Jerusalem. I took like a, a group of 70 people to Israel just to have a 13-day tour to see, you know, all the places in Jerusalem and, and the surroundings. So we went to the garden one day and just prayed for the resurrection power, you know, for the anointing of the resurrection power. And we had a great time. The next day we went for some sightseeing and, uh, you know, we were walking um, downtown or the old city of Jerusalem and there was actually, you know, very crowded. And so we thought, oh, it's going to be difficult to get past the crowd. But they were very, very kind and made an aisle for us so we could pass. But actually, what we we stood, uh, after a couple of meters, we stood in front of a dead guy who fell from the roof. So we were like, wow, that's that's crazy. But we started, you know, we started to pray because that's what we knew what to do. Right. Now, how did you know that he was dead? Actually, there was a, a Polish doctor standing next to it. Okay. To him, so I asked the Polish doctor, and he explained to me, you know, like 15, 20 minutes ago, he fell from the roof. You know, he is not breathing. We are waiting for the ambulance. He, he's like, he said, he, it seems like he's dead because no movement, no breath, no pulse. So no heartbeat, no breathing. Okay. All right. And what did you do? So you know, 
we started to pray, and we prayed in tongues, because it's like, okay, what do you do now? Exactly. We started to pray in tongues, because the Holy Spirit knows best. But after a while, you know, such a smell arose. It was like such a sweet smell, and I knew, I knew that's the Holy Spirit, and something, something great is going to happen. So we prayed and prayed and prayed, and after, after like five to ten minutes, Suddenly, something came out of him, like like a like a like a groaning. Mm-hmm. He fell back again. He was unconscious again, and it happened three times. And after the third time, he got up, you know, took his mobile, gave it to his friend, and said, "Call my wife and say everything is okay." You know, we didn't think a lot about that, you know, because we went on and went for some sightseeing, and in the evening, you know, we were like looking at each other, and we were like, "Man, we raised." A guy from the dead, and we were so excited just to witness that. But it, it was like, it, it, you know, it didn't feel very special in the evening. We were like, okay, that was special. Yes. And just God confirming the resurrection power, the anointing of the resurrection power. Yes, and and before that, you said that your group had been at the garden tomb, and you actually prayed for that anointing of resurrection power. That's right. <laughs> we prayed, and it was like just God confirming, hey, it's real. <laughs> yes. That's real. <laughs> yes, my goodness. Well, I, I want to talk some about your brand new book, Redeeming Your Bloodline. And tell me, did you feel called to write this? Did you just see the need for writing this uh, and doing this teaching? Why did you you personally write the book? Actually, I really... Like because we are traveling the world, and uh, we felt there is a need. There is a need for that revelation. And the primary goal for redeeming your bloodline is really just to, to get a deeper revelation of Jesus, to know him more, to believe him more, to pursue him more, and to love him more. That's, and I believe that you know every bloodline, every person, there is a positive aspect of the bloodline. There is a calling. There is a de- uh, there is a there is just destiny in the bloodline of every each of us. And I believe through prayer, through prayer and redeeming our bloodline, cleansing our bloodline, that's one of the things how we get there. Because the enemy is trying very hard, you know, to limit us and just to keep us away to fulfill our destiny and our purpose in life. Yes, yes, like all those questions that we ask at the beginning. Those are questions that you answer in your book and in this teaching. Uh, you know, wow, those are some real questions that real people struggle with. So uh, let me ask you this. You talk about bloodline prayer. Explain to me what is bloodline prayer? What does that mean? So what bloodline prayer is, praying all the way back to Adam. So there is like, um, you know, blood. Is every we have a te- testimony in our blood, and everything what happened until Adam is revealed or is hidden, let's say hidden in our bloodline. And there are things in our bloodline we actually have to cleanse us. So Jesus, when we when we receive Jesus into our hearts, when we got saved, we are saved. But what is saved? Actually, it's our spirit which is saved. So, but there is still our soul because we still get like after our salvation we still get angry we still have fear yes we carry bitterness and are selfish in so many areas so despite the fact that we are saved it jesus said it is finished but we are not yet perfected Mm -hmm. 
So that's what uh, redeeming or cleansing and praying the bloodline actually is about, is the process of sanctification and being saved in every area of our life. Yes. Because there are so many things we have inherited from our forefathers and uh, a lot of, actually, a lot of good things too, absolutely. But there are so many things because of the history where we come from there are so many things in our bloodline which actually are not a great testimony for the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I loved so much? Man, I read this over and over again when I saw it, uh, when you were talking about bloodline prayer. That is the way that we actively apply the power of the cross. And I know everybody, you know, we, we've heard the teaching of, of the power in the blood, the power in what was accomplished on the cross. And bloodline prayer is the way that we actually actively apply that. So I tell you, I have to read that over and over again because it was just powerful to me when I read that line. So the Bible says in 1 John 3, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So that's a very, uh, just a great statement from, from John here. But in the first chapter, he said, in verse 8, he said, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Yes. And it seems like that's a contradiction. You know, the very same author in the very same book, just, you know, two chapters away. And it seems it's a contradiction, but actually it's not. So, so if we understand salvation, we have to understand that when we receive Jesus into our hearts, that our spirit is born of God and our spirit cannot sin anymore. Mm-hmm. He has been born of God. But then we have our soul, and then we have our uh, our flesh, what the Bible says. And the Bible says, you know, and they still need salvation. And the Bible says they are being saved, constantly being saved. Yes. So that's where we apply a bloodline prayer. We want to see God's image, the image of Jesus in every area and aspect of our life. It's our emotions. It's our health. It's our flesh, it's our body, it's our soul, it's our thought, our thoughts, and all these things. So that's how we, and it's not an immediate thing, like salvation of our spirit. That's like immediate. Right. You receive Jesus into your heart and confess our sins. But then our bodies and our soul, they need still, they are being saved. And that's where redeeming or, and cleansing our bloodline and praying our bloodline you know, just enters in. So we apply what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago on the cross and apply it for today in our lives. Yes, yes, I love that so much. When when you were talking about Adam, and the Scripture says that death reigned from Adam to Moses, that wasn't talking about physical death, right? That had to do with establishing a covenant. Absolutely, That's that, and that's... Like the biggest issues in blood and prayer are covenants. So the Bible speaks about, you know, uh, iniquity going from the third to fourth generation, which is true. But there are covenants, you know, and covenants are almost uh, mostly eternal things. So that's where Jesus entered, entered in, because he had to establish a new covenant and break the covenant. Adam entered in, in the, uh, and Adam and Eve entered in the Garden of Eden. So that, that's what, what, what actually they did. And they didn't die physically. They started to, the process of dying physically, mm-hmm. actually they died spiritually. So 
So that's also the first reversal what we experience when we receive Jesus into our hearts. It's like immediately yes. are made alive spiritually and then be made alive physically and uh, emotionally. Yes, yes. Well, Sid and I are so excited to offer this amazing resource today. It's Hervoya's brand new book and audio teaching series, Redeeming Your Bloodline. I really have never read or heard anything this powerful on this topic. It literally is life-changing. Hervoya, forgiveness versus cleansing. What is that about? So actually, the Bible is quite clear about that. We see in 1 John chapter 1, in verse 8 and 9, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ah. Here, that forgiveness and cleansing are two separate things. So when we ask God for forgiveness, He is faithful and just and forgives us our sins. But what is cleansing? And cleansing is being cleansed from every effect sin has on our lives. So which means like like sickness, like uh, like health issues. Even though we are forgiven, there are still effects on our lives because of sin. So cleansing, that's what I believe and I, uh, I read out of, out of Scripture, is where actually God removes every aspect and every effect of sin on our lives, especially on our soul and on our bodies. Yes, and that's what you were experiencing. You were born again instantly, but you still had challenges with some of the other things, the habits, the sin. And once, you know, the Holy Spirit came in and that you had a cleansing You know, I think that's an amazing point that you make because, and you know, when you read that scripture, it's so clear right there. I don't know why we didn't see that before. But but you were not alone in feeling like this, (laughs) Hervoya. The Apostle Paul had the same issue, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. We, We know the scripture where he says that, you know, he's one of the most amazing people ever lived on the face of the earth. And and yet still he said that he fought he fought against against habits he had issues in his life where he even did things he didn't want to do and the things he wanted to do he didn't do and then he said it's not me the sin in me so even though he was forgiven even though he was baptized even though he was he was praying and speaking in tongues and seeing all the supernatural mm-hmm. what god was doing he still had issues he had to fight against and be cleansed of. Yes, and that's where the generations and the covenant part comes in. You you say that some of these things may not be <laughs> traits from us at all, but things that we would have, you called it, inherited. Right, right. So we see things, even in the natural, we see uh, often like, like curses, sicknesses, uh, going from one generation to the next generation, and then we see in the Bible, when the Bible speaks about uh, that the, uh, that iniquity is uh, goes to the third and fourth generation, mm-hmm. but actually there are even there are things like covenants which even go further than the uh, third and fourth generation, like seed covenants. Seed covenants are sexual 
relationships outside of a marriage bond, outside of a marriage covenant. And even in Deuteronomy 23, verse 2 says, one of legitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord. So we see that there are, it's not iniquity, but covenants which have an effect even even far, far further than the third and fourth generation. Yes. And a lot of covenants even have an effect on our lives today. Yes. And when we were talking about bloodline prayer, that's where you say that is the way we actively apply the power of the cross. But but there's a main requirement to bloodline prayer. What is that? The main requirement of bloodline prayer is actually to have a covenant with God. So pray for people, what we have experienced, that they are actually, like, I, I call it requirements for successful uh, bloodline prayer. Mm-hmm. So what a couple of these requirements are like salvation. Jesus Christ has to be your Lord and Savior. Then another requirement what we have seen is baptism in water, which is not just a sign, but actually it's a pow- powerful statement and powerful uh, 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 powerful thing in the spirit and in the natural. And then uh, people have to be willing to repent and to forgive. Yes. And so these are a couple of things which are requirements. Also to the priority of the kingdom, which means, okay, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's also one of the things we have seen, that when people really in prayer, in bloodline cleansing, when they start and they decide to, you know, prioritize the kingdom of God, that the enemy really has no has no claim on them anymore. So even the local church being a part of the body of Christ, we have seen these things also being a, a major requirement. And also concerning finances, are we in a covenant with God, and do our finances testify of our covenant with God? Yes. Yes. And I know just from reading your book, we, you know, when you talk about covenant with God, that includes all kinds of blessings. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I believe it's even, even greater than the covenant of Abraham. And we see that Abraham was blessed in all things. So there is nothing, there is no area in his life where he wasn't blessed. And I believe that's what Jesus Christ has done for us that he has released blessing in every area of our lives. I really believe it's like literally it's a new life, new purpose, literally that the accusation and the rights of the enemy are resolved over our lives. Promises are going to come to pass, financial breakthroughs and breakouts, provision, you know, a new mind, the mind of Christ. That's what we believe because even uh, we see it in Scripture, yet still we have to be, uh, renewed in our mind, uh, renewed in our mind. So, economic revival. We, we will see uh, God's testimony, which can't be hidden in our lives. We are that we become the light and the salt of the world. That the nations will see us and acknowledge it, and they will give God the honor and praise. Yes. Anything we can think of, I believe that's what. Jesus has done on the cross, and that's what we do with, uh, with bloodline prayer and what we release in our lives. Yes. I guess there's no wonder that the devil or, or our enemy makes such a great effort to keep us or push us out of this covenant. 
Right. That's what I believe. That's his main thing. When we see in in the Bible, in in the Garden of Eden, so we see that God mentions himself and calls himself the Lord God, which is the covenant name of God, Yahweh, and Elohim, which means God. So God stepped into a covenant with man. And the snake, the devil, came up. And every time he mentions God, he doesn't mention the covenant name of God, which 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 it shows us that he fights the covenant because he knows yes. if we are in a covenant with God, if we fear God, if we are really aligned with God, there is no way he's gonna win. There is no way he's gonna you know he's uh, overcome the church. So that's what he is. Yes. Or he wants to take us out of the covenant with God. Yes. You were actually transported to heaven one time, and you learned something very very important there. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was that was uh, during a time where I was uh, still a real estate agent, and I was praying in the car, and immediately it's like suddenly I was transported into heaven and stood in front of a golden mountain, and I knew it's the second heaven, and next to me was an angel. So, and uh, there was a door to the, into the golden mountain, and I asked the angel if we are allowed to enter in, and he said, "I'm allowed to enter in because." I I I'm um I have received the righteousness of God. So when I entered in there was like like a demonic atmosphere there and actually I could see demons there who were taking care of 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 the treasures inside of the gold mountain. So and I knew these these are treasures you know the enemy has stolen from from generations from people and even from nations. So we entered another room, and in that room, there, it was like a treasure room, and I immediately saw like a treasure box, and I, I, my, just, I was just drawn to that treasure box. And I asked the angel what it is, and he said, that's the inheritance of my forefathers, which was stolen by the enemy. Mm. And I asked, am I allowed to take, to take it? And he said, yes, you are allowed to take it, because you are the righteousness of God, and you... Yeah, uh, you have become righteous through Jesus Christ and through the cleansing of your bloodline. So I took it, but I I also immediately wanted to give it to Jesus, just because I was so thankful for that. And I immediately I was in the third heaven, we would call it third heaven, and stood in front of the throne and just put it to the feet of Jesus. And when I came back, you know, I was sitting in my car. I was like, oh wow, you know, I was like, what was that? Still driving, right? Right. But, you know, at the end of the experience, when I came back, the car was already parked. So I was like, I'm so glad somebody drove the car because it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) So when I came back from that experience, immediately, a couple of of minutes later, somebody called me and asked me if I want to uh, sell their house, their property. I said, sure, because that's what I do. So I asked them, where is the property located? And they said it's in a city which is called Sidlfin, that's close by to my city. And they said, and the area where it's located, the, the, the property where the property is located, said it's called Golden Mountain. And the street is the Golden Mill Street. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a confirmation. And in that time, it was quite difficult to sell properties yes. in, uh, in Germany. But I sold that property in in one day. After 10 days, I had, I think, 37000 I think, 37000 on my bank account. It was just like a supernatural thing, and God confirmed 
that there are things and inheritance in our bloodline we can redeem because it's the blessing of God which he released to our forefathers but was stolen from the enemy from them. Yes. Um, you know what? I would love for you to pray, Hervoya, if, if you would do that and, and just release this inheritance, because I bet there's lots of people out there listening that the very same thing has happened to them, that there's inheritance that has been stolen by the enemy from them. Absolutely. I would love to do that. So, Father in heaven, thank you. You are not a God of disorder, but a God of, a God of peace. Thank you that do not waver in the midst of heavy storms, but remain in peace. Father God, I thank you and I praise you, Father. And I thank you, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, to reveal, to reveal, Father, your children, what the enemy has stolen from them and the generations before. Father, I thank you and I pray that now when they stay in front of you, Father, and they align with you and say that they want to live according to your kingdom and your purposes, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you will guide my brothers and sisters through the process of redeeming and cleansing their bloodline so they can stand in front of you and, you know, by force, in the name of Jesus Christ, take back what the enemy has stolen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Hervoya, we've been talking about the power of knowing what your covenant holds when we have covenant with God. But what about consequences uh, if we don't know our covenant? I mean, there's a classic story of, of David and Jonathan. Right. So, yeah, David and Jonathan, so they had a covenant. And, you know, we know the story that the whole household was killed uh, from Jonathan. But David, when he became king, he wanted to make sure that he is honoring the covenant uh, with Jonathan. Yes. He was looking for somebody, if there is anybody who who survived from the house of Jonathan. Mephibosheth, actually, he uh, was carried away because they were afraid of David, and they didn't understand that they didn't know that there was a covenant with David, which actually made him rich, which actually, you know, would have let him eat at the king's table. But because he didn't know about the covenant, he lived actually a poor life. So David, when he was looking for somebody, so because he wanted to honor the covenant, and he found Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth started to understand that there is a covenant, he he started to live a blessed life, yes. a life uh, full of provision and more than enough. So that that's a cl- classic example. Yeah, we can believe in God, and we even you know we can be saved, but we have to know our rights. Yes. We have to know what it means to be in a covenant with God. Because when we understand that and we know our rights, then we know how to fight against the enemy and take back everything which belongs to us through Jesus Christ and his blood. Yes. Ooh, yeah, that is so right. And you give two reasons why, you know, many people live in disagreement with Jesus' covenant. What are those two reasons? Basically, there are what I believe uh, there are two reasons. The first one is they don't, or people or children of God don't understand the covenant and what the covenant of God and the covenant of the blood, the cross, and the resurrection of Jesus holds for them. And then the other thing is there are, and how to dissolve bad covenants from their forefathers who yes. still are active in their bloodline and the enemy grabs a hold on it. 
We're talking with Hervoya Seravina, and I want you to be sure to get his exciting and powerful resource today. It's his brand new book and audio teaching series called Redeeming Your Bloodline. And as I said earlier, it is literally life-changing, so don't miss it. We were talking about covenants and why people would even live in disagreement with God's covenant. So Hervoya's answer was either you don't understand the covenant, which he's been talking about, or we don't know how to dissolve them. Hervoya, how do we dissolve wrong covenants? Actually, because covenants have an eternal purpose. So even they are bad covenants or good covenants, but they are actually most of the time, they are eternal. So the only solution is death. Oh. And that's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So either it's physical death, or, which I believe is just a more glorious way, is to receive Jesus into our hearts, which means that we, and through baptism in water, where we are, you know, we are, uh, uh, we are made into the likeness of his death, and then out of the water, you know, we, we, are, we are living in the likeness of his life and resurrection, which means we are a new person. We are, we are living a new life which means we start with a new covenant. So, like I said, it happens through death, but also through repentance. So, which means, because repentance is means that we are turning from the ways we are walking in, and we are, com- we are turning into a completely new way. And in repentance, we say that we receive grace, from God, and who is grace? It's Jesus. When we repent, when we really truly repent, Jesus takes us by our hands, and He walks us on the path of sanctification. He walks us on the path of holiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're not talking about, and you make it really clear in your book. I mean, this teaching is very practical. It's very clear that bloodline prayer, it's not necessary for salvation, but bloodline prayer is so that we can take our position of authority over everything else. Right. That was actually my, like my main goal, to, for people to understand, yeah, bloodline prayer, because often people say, hey, why should we do that? Because Jesus did it all. And that's true. He said it is finished. But the Bible also says that we are still not perfected yet. Yes. It means we, we still have a way to go. So, but... It's not diminishing salvation at all, because we are saved. We have, our, our souls are eternally saved when we walk with Jesus. But it, it's about authority, and authority is not an instant thing. Like, authority is something we grow into. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what the enemy is afraid of. He's afraid of that we are taking ground and taking back our authority. Because when we take our authority, then not just lives are being changed, but I really believe that regions, cities, and even nations are being changed because we need to grow in authority to uh, reposition uh, the enemy and even to fight the enemy over our cities, nations, and so on. Yes. You know, and you gave, my goodness, you gave such a practical example of this when, you know, as we are learning who we are and the authority that we have, then things in our bloodline possibly get searched out and brought to the surface. You gave the example of like a a presidential election, someone running for office. Right. And I think that's a great example 
because election comes up, even candidates who were like nice guys and even, you know, they, they, had, they had like favor in the media and so on. Yes. But immediately when they start, you know, pursuing authority, a position of authority, all the enemies are, are standing up and searching like every area of their lives. And if they find something, they try to accuse them and stop them uh, receiving the position uh, and the authority. So that's very similar what we see in the Ballad Line prayer. It's not like that at the beginning of our salvation and, uh, you know, in our walk with God, that the enemy is constantly, you know, fighting against us and mm-hmm. uh, constantly trying to to accuse us with everything. No, mostly it's when we walk with Jesus, he's afraid because we are gaining ground and yes. gaining authority. And that's where he steps up. And now he's searching because he wants to fight us back uh, 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 legally so that we can't step into that uh, place of authority. You know, I like that you had some really good news about that, uh, even though as we're learning about our authority and gaining authority and, you know, the enemy may try to combat us with these new things, you, you had some really great news. But there's also, with this new authority, there's also a release of new angels to help us. Absolutely. You know, there, there is, uh, especially in the States, there is this uh, saying, every new level brings new, new devil. And I think that's true. I absolutely believe that's true, because we have seen that also, that the, because the enemy is fighting our authority. But I, what we have also seen and we believe is that I, uh, if we gain authority, the angels are released around us who are helping us to stay focused in that area and yes. in that measurement of authority and help us really to exercise our authority. So it's not just that, the, you know, we are attracting new devils, but we are also attracting new ranks of angels. Yes, I thought that was pretty exciting when you when you were teaching about that. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the second part of your book when you're talking about the prayers. And you, oh my goodness, you actually walk people through these prayers step by step by step on different bloodline prayers. So tell me just a little bit. I know all of them include some of the same principles. What what What's basically the progression of this? And I know we don't have time to really get into a lot of detail, but can you tell us some of the, the progression of, of the principles that you walk people through? Yeah, basically, you know, it's mostly the same principles, you know, but definitely we walk it and we pray with the Holy Spirit, which means He's the one who reveals us and He guides us. But what we have seen is, like, there are a couple of things that usually are always uh, included in a bloodline prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first we say confession. Okay, we, yes. we have to confess our sin, which means we have to say that, you know, okay, we have sinned. The second thing is, uh, what we do is that we praise, which means we have to acknowledge God. We have, to, we have in, in front of heaven and earth, we have to say, who he is for us in our life. Mm-hmm. And then we have we have to go with the repentance. We have to repent for the things and even for the accusations the, the enemy is uh, coming up with. And then the fourth part is divorce. So divorce or separation, which is also a part where we separate ourselves and divorce ourselves from bad covenant. Yes. And then we ask God for judgment. 
because we believe as children of God that we are on the right side of judgment and we want to be judged because uh, there are, in a judgment there are always two sides. There is the one side who is going to be judged and there is the other side who is going to receive judgment on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And that's us. That's us. So we, we, we are pursuing God's judgment because he's righteous and he wants to judge on our behalf. Yes. And then is the point where we dissolve debt and iniquity, where we say, okay, that's the part of cleansing, not, not just repenting and receiving forgiveness, but also repenting and receiving cleansing. And then is the confession of our covenant with God, that we say, okay, God, we haven't walked with you the way we should have walked, but we decide purposefully, consciously, we decide to stay in the covenant with you because we believe that's the best way to live and to honor you. And then the last thing is we always have to leave and always to finish uh, prayer with gratefulness, gratefulness for the things that what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Yes. And that's just to be grateful <laughs> for our God and King and Savior. So I know, like I said, we don't have time to go into every single one of these in, in, in a lot of detail, but those are the points that are a part of every bloodline prayer. And then, of course, you have some very, very specifics according to what they're praying for or who it is or what they need. That's so exciting. And, you know, we always want to know, what kind of results are you getting? Are there some testimonies that, that you can give us that were direct results from people getting cleansing through bloodline prayer? We have seen so many, so many uh, testimonies and even supernatural uh, interventions of God. And I really believe, even for our listeners right now, I believe it's going to release an anointing on different kinds and areas uh, of their lives where they need breakthrough and breakout. We have seen heart issues be uh, healed. We have seen people who really suffered for a long time, who, who knew about curses, who knew about the way how to break curses and all these things, but they they haven't they haven't seen any change. And after bloodline, after reading through the bloodline, the prayers in the bloodline book, they immediately got out of heart issues. Yes, you've seen people who were who were struggling in finances for years after going through the through the book and the prayers in the book, like just after a couple of days, all of their financial issues were resolved. We have really seen, we have actually one of my favorite, favorite uh, testimonies is uh, there, was a, there was a brother who, uh, who had an accident and actually he fell into a coma. He was brain damaged. And after a couple of days, the doctors called his family and his wife and his child to come and just, you know, to say bye because he was so damaged and and uh, uh, that they said he's not going to survive the next day. So his wife, she was just in agony, and she called and said, Let, would, would you please pray for me and especially for my husband? So we went and started to pray into uh, uh, his bloodline, and she was there. We repented, and uh, we went through the different things uh, because he was a Christian, so we knew... There are requirements. So to our amazement, the very next day, he started to recover. He's healed. He's in church. He's a great musician. So that's one of my favorite, favorite testimonies. 
We have seen marriages re- restored. We have seen this, this Christian couples who lo- love the Lord but had really issues in their marriage and didn't know how to, you know, even got counseling, but still no improvement. And we see that, especially in First Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands likewise, velvet them with understanding, which means with their wives, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Which means we see that there, God has an order how to live and how to honor and respect our, our, uh, our uh, marriage partners. And if we don't do that, the enemy has a claim on our marriage. So when we went and discussed these things in different, you know, in a counseling sessions, marriage counseling sessions, immediately change started, started in the marriage. And, you know, just we have couples who are living a better life than ever before, even though they were married for decades. So these are testimonies, and I love these kind of testimonies. Yes. We have seen court issues, people uh, being sued and people being uh, held from, you know, their, their payment they should have received. And after going through the prayers in the bloodline book, they immediately got a result. We, we really, literally, we have seen in every aspect of our lives, we have seen testimonies, which is an amazing thing, and we are so thankful to God. And just, you know, it's just glory and honor to our King. Hervoya, right before we leave here, um, will you pray for everyone? Father God, I thank you and I praise you. Father, through Jesus Christ, you have given us everything else. Like Abraham, who was blessed in all things, through Jesus Christ, we have this covenant. We are in a covenant with Jesus Christ and to be blessed in all things. But, Father God, we, not, we don't want just to be blessed in all things. We want to be so blessed that we, and we want to give you honor. We want to give you glory. We want to give, we just want to walk in your ways, Lord God. We want to know you more, Jesus. So, Father God, I pray for every person who listens. Father God, I see that you want to restore not just marriages, but families. I see, Father God, that through bloodline prayer, when people go through bloodline prayer, I see supernatural interventions and angels going forth to bring their children to salvation, Father God. Father God, I thank you and I pray. Father, I thank you, Father, for if you, even while they were listening to this podcast, Father God, that heart issues, being dissolved. I thank you, Lord God, that even finances which were stolen, and even people didn't know that they were stolen from them and their forefathers. Father, they will see supernatural interventions, and they will see breakthrough in their finances. Father, thank you, Father, for people who are receiving even just like a new mind, and they are receiving, they are even receiving the ideas or and solutions, and even uh, job opportunities, Father, creating job opportunities, just by cleansing their bloodline, just to receive, Father God, a new mind and being cleansed. Father God, I thank you and I praise you, Father, for your goodness. And Father God, everything what we receive, every time, Father, when we get blessed, we want to give you more glory. We want to give, uh, we want to be a greater testimony than ever before for the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Redeeming Your Bloodline. Hervoya Sorovina's brand new book. It's a bestseller in Germany. And now, for the very first time, Redeeming Your Bloodline is printed in English. Do you need healing? Are you bound to addictions? Is your family caught in patterns of sin, suffering, and lack? It's time for your breakthrough. Few understand the revelations in this book, Redeeming Your Bloodline and they will literally set you free, I mean, once and for all. So don't miss your opportunity to get Hervoya's brand new book, Redeeming Your Bloodline, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Redeeming Your Bloodline Master Class. This series contains 15 sessions on four CDs all for an investment of only 39 U.S. dollars. You can't get this package anywhere else, so be sure to order yours today. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, sidroth.org. Be sure to ask for offer number 9651. Once again, that's offer number 9651.